OTB Sports Rugby. Some of the hype around Jack Crowley has been premature. He's played pretty well, but having him as the second coming of Christ seems to be a little bit aggressive. Subscribe to the rugby stream on the OTB Sports app now. Football on Off The Ball with Sky, proud partner and supporter of the Republic of Ireland women's national football team. This is News Talk. I'm prepared to end it and I can't well, do play it play again. Do it then. What about your start to the game? I was, it wasn't bad, was it? <laughs> Why should it be an honest answer be a mistake? How can a modern day manager not have a mobile phone? Why should he? Oh. Football show. Very happy to say Kenny Cunningham's here in studio. He's also happy to be in studio. His face just doesn't realise it yet. Kenny, <laughs> how you doing? We had Damien Delaney on last night. He was just heading out the door to play. He was a big play. man. And when Should... I say a, the big man, I, we both know what I'm talking about. <laughs> he was He's just, enormous. He was just heading he out, out the door. That, you have to duck to get out that door. Must do. He's a strapping man. <laughs> uh, he was just heading out the door to play over 35s football. How are you going to say over 35s professional golf? Well, he there wishes. For a minute. He wishes. He's good enough. Yeah. He's not far off, Joe. He's not far off. 11 aside, over 35s football. He's still going. And uh, he was saying it's the best way to keep fit. When's the last time you played football? Oh, it must be... Um, oh, it's a few years. I got, I, I, I've played very little, actually. My last real game of football was at... Um, there was um, a charity game at uh, the Aviva. Uh, it was Liverpool v. Ireland selection. Uh for the Liverpool supporter, the gentleman, I'll have to apologise. Oh, his name injured is injured around the, the Roma game. That's yes, right, yeah. Yes. So I, um, I was asked to turn out for that for obvious reasons. I said uh, I would. I hadn't played a lot previously, and I had a bit of build-up time. So I actually managed to do a bit of training, and, and I got a few games under my belt because I, I need to kick a ball really because you can run as much as you want in straight lines and whatever, getting a bit of fitness. But you know what it's like on the pitch and. With a ball of your feet, it's different. Yeah. So that was the last time I've done. I played a few bit of five on the lead up to that and played the game, and that was it. I was pretty much that. That was that was pretty much I was done. That since then, and that's that's some years ago. Mm. Joe, Shall I haven't. Yeah. No, I haven't jumped in. I've always been a bit fearful of that stupid, now that kamikaze two foot tackle from somebody like <laughs> coming coming at you. You know what I mean? That last ditch and like taking cleaning you out and. You know, breaking you in two and all, all that like down the pub Hamlet the next day A&E. down the pub the next day A&E. and I showed Kenny Cunningham his boss <laughs> yeah exactly. I showed him old twinkle toes Cunningham trying to embarrass <laughs> us put him in his place yeah Sean yeah. Cox by the way the fan uh, Sean of course fans. yeah and, yeah. and you, you played in the Lee Miller tribute as well I think in Porky Cueve yeah that's right ago. they're probably the only yeah probably the only two games yeah, um, yeah. and do you not have a five aside itch okay they, they being injured worry aside but just the feel of a football and playing a five aside is that that gone? You're, you're yeah, no, I do, I do, I do get it, Joe. Don't get me wrong. When I have uh, torn up and had a game, I, I have enjoyed it. Mm. I must admit, I have enjoyed it. But it's it's just that little bit of a fear factor, that stupid, you know, that little kind of injury or that type of thing. We're not, I'm not in a situation now where I turn up on the training ground the following morning and suddenly, you know, click me fingers and there's a massage. <laughs> <laughs> Massage my ego. Yeah. No, not that one. <laughs> no, it's, you know, lads, and you're that type of thing. Three weeks later, you're back on. It's different now, isn't it? You know what I mean? Yeah. And I've seen lads carrying injuries around the place, and I thought, just, I'm just, we're all different, aren't we? Just men. I don't want to be in that kind of uh, situation, kind of physically. Interesting. Yeah. I'm surprised at that because, I mean, the odds are slim that you get anything bad, you know? Sore muscle, maybe, but. 
Well, it was te- maybe technically a little bit better on the ball. I can get it and give it a qu- bit quicker. <laughs> Generally, I tend to labour a bit and the ball comes okay. to my feet. Second touch of tackle. You yeah, kind exactly. Of that 50-50s. touch and tackle. Yeah, it's a curious thought though, isn't it, to have been um, in the top 1% of footballers in the world, which you were by dint of being Premier League footballer, probably even higher, and to be so good at something and then that's just it, might never do it again. I'd be scratching that itch regularly. I'd be, to be fair, I'd be getting a good five-a-side group. Like, oh, you wouldn't want to pinball five-a-side. But if you had uh, yeah, no, players no, up, like former no, Premier right. Leagues, let's have a little game. You had yeah. to have played minimum League Two to get into this game. Yeah, I think you're right. The dimensions of the pitch. I remember turning up a few in the bigger pitches with the lads and it was no good. Oh, the younger kids, a bit, bit of speed and agility, you know what I mean? It was yeah. it was disheartening. But you're right, the kind of five-a-side pitches. Yeah, and a little competitive edge to it. No, you're right. As I have dipped me tone, I have enjoyed it. It's not a case of I'm not really enjoying this yeah. anymore. You do, you know, but I just have to be careful with myself. I've just kind of stepped. Never say never. Don't get me wrong. Fair enough. I'll take it. You're throwing this at me, me, potentially um, myself. A few people are text. I might put a game together for you. (laughs) Good standard? I'd make sure it was a good standard for you. Is that right, Jeff? I'd make sure it was good for you, yeah. And so, because you're very fit looking. Not to go Tommy Tiernan and Roy Keane on you, but you're in good nick. How do you keep fit? All you talk about is food. (laughs) I'm constantly eating food. And eating it. Talking and eating it. Um, sorry, what was your question? How do you keep in such good nick? Oh, I don't know about good nick. I'm never put on weight, so I don't really have to. If anything, I'd have to be careful losing weight. Oh, maybe you're one of those. Yeah, so I just I take over. Yeah, you're right. I probably take. I'm a, one of them. I know lads that have finished playing. That's me done. Don't want to see the inside of a gym. Don't mm. see me running on the whoosh. That's it. That's you know, what I've Roy was saying. The other night. Yeah, that's right to a point. Yeah, yeah. No, so I'd be a little bit different, I suppose. I just, uh, yeah. No, we're all different animals, aren't we? So I just need a little bit of this and that, bit ticking over, whatever it is. Not much. I wouldn't be, wouldn't be kind of mad stuff. Wouldn't be hiking up, carrying cereal or doing like you know triathlons or that type of thing. Although there was a time, wasn't? <laughs> I did have an ambition to do a little maybe mini triathlon. Yeah. Yeah, there was a stage and I was doing a little bit of running and a bit of swimming and stuff and quite enjoying it and thought maybe I'd raise the bar a little bit. And I think David Myler is aspiring to do an Ironman, which is oh, an Ironman. Well, that's serious. Oh, that's phenomenal, like, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's yeah. I must have made a huge amount of, it's just the time job, big commitment. In terms of your training, it's absolutely huge. Diet, diet as well. You have to be careful in terms of your sugar intake. Wouldn't suit you. Oh, yeah. I'd have big issues. Big you have issues to walk by that. thunders every day. <laughs> <laughs> Paul O'Connell's like that as well actually I remember him saying that he struggles to keep weight on which is infuriating for the rest of us to hear so he wouldn't put it on easily so you're in that bracket yeah exactly yeah, yeah. is that like an ectomorph body type or endomorph oh you're one of those someone will text texting <laughs> uh, FA Cup third round did the magic dust get you again where are you on the FA Cup yeah not not quite to be honest with you I mean it's just coming from all angles at the moment with the football isn't it my Jesus you just it's ridiculous isn't it yeah I mean every night you don't have to look if there's a football game on you just pitch up in a pub and ask them to put the football on and no. there'll be a game there I do think seems to be the I case I do think we'll get to a point pretty soon where the Premier League will just say do you know what akin to basketball there's just going to be a game on every day in the next certainly in the next decade maybe even sooner there'll just be a Premier League game on every day yeah I mean it's been exaggerated this year in terms of the World Cup everything's been concertina a little bit isn't it like that August to November schedule was really you know Champions League the whole shebang and they're still playing catch up a little bit which is why we're getting those midweek fixtures and obviously factor in 
FA Cup and Carabao Cup as well yeah. uh, this week. I can't, I wouldn't go as far as to say I'm sick of it. And I had my eye on it over the weekend. Don't get me wrong, but I wasn't like, you know what I mean? I wasn't just Magic parked in front of the, yeah. No. Tell you, I ran like chasing games left, right and centre. I had a look at the Chelsea game, obviously, and Manchester and looking out for a cup. Wasn't too many fixtures, Joe, to be honest, really. Who won the FA Cup last year? <sighs> Liverpool. Did they? There were two domestic trophies, didn't they, Liverpool? Last year, who did they beat in the final? They beat Chelsea and everything in the night. The final, <laughs> it was Liverpool and Chelsea in the final of everything, wasn't it? And Last City, year, no. I could be wrong. Oh, it was Chelsea? I said was it Chelsea? City. I thought Chelsea got to a few it was finals. The penalty shootout, wasn't it? There was a couple of great games, and I think those finals were great between Liverpool. They were, good, they were some yeah. of the best games last year, wasn't it? Quiven, Quiven, wasn't that the, the score the penalty? Can't remember. No, I can't remember. You can't remember yeah. either. That's an educated guess. I know he, he scored a winning goal, didn't he? In one of the yeah the, the finals, yeah. Who won the FA Cup the year before that? Wigan. <laughs> <laughs> Roberto Martinez. It was, I think it was Leicester. They did win the cup, didn't they? That Wigan. Yeah. Was it that year they, the year they went down. City? The year yeah. they went down. Yeah. Leicester. Remember Leicester? Two years ago. Of course it was, yeah, yeah. But that's, you know, that's that's kind of, at the moment, that's where it is. It's like hard it to is. place. Yeah, it is. It is, yeah. I think maybe next year, no World Cup, and back, back to, you know, Back to the usual parameters in terms of you know games coming at you maybe, yeah. But no, no, I must admit I will I'll, I'll pick and choose. I'd say. Yeah. For those screaming at the radio, Keller has scored the winner in the Carabao Cup. Ah, one of them. Tomato, Chelsea tomato. though. Mm. Was it Chelsea as well? Was wasn't it? Yes. Because with Kepa, wouldn't he never saved the? Jeez, can you remember the last save Kepa made? Can you remember the last good save the Kepa made? <laughs> Go on, tell me. Well, that's what I'm saying. I can't. I can't either. I was watching him the other night. It was the first game against. Uh, was a Man City, like the Grealish cross. Yeah. I mean, I couldn't have been the only one. Grealish even said he thought that Kepa was going to get it, and then Dave Jones followed up with, "Do you think he should have got it?" And he was like, "Oh no, no, no I'm not saying that." What, what did you think? Did you, when you first saw it? Yeah, I was surprised reaction? it made it all the way back to the. I was surprised it made it all the way through. It's unbelievable that he never threw himself out there. I was thinking sometimes if there's, you know, you're throwing yourself in the bodies, Joe, you come, you're throwing your hands, you're going to get studs in your face, that type of thing. Maybe there's a little bit of hesitation. But there was none of that. There wasn't a congested, like, six-yard box. Even at a stretch, you're thinking maybe, as Grealish puts that cross, you know, the covering defender was Aspilicueta. Now he sticks out a leg, you're thinking, well, if it hits his studs and deep, you know, redirects it back towards the goal, is he thinking, maybe I've got to put the break? But that's a stretch, Joe. You're not really struggling to make an argument there I just feel as if he's got to react it, you know his brain's got to yeah. click into gear then his body's got to react he's got to try even if he gets a left hand and pushes it back into the so-called danger area that's got to be better than like allowing that ball across your six-yard box yeah it was a strange moment watching it was a oh yeah but then I'm thinking like then off the back of that you're thinking well I was thinking when's the last time he actually pulled out a save I thought oof top class save. he strikes me as so if I didn't know who he was I'd be, th- I'd be looking at him thinking He's a good championship goalkeeper. You know, d- decent cha- d- decent shot stopper. Not overly commanding in his uh, penalty box. I don't think he plays any type of real kind of person. He doesn't look the most vocal. Yeah, he's six foot six or whatever he is and shoulders. But take that out of the equation. Just in terms of the, you know, the rest of his game, there's very little there for me. 75 million. Absolutely astronomical. They look as if they need another goalkeeper. To give the FA Cup a <laughs> bit of a push... Fourth round will see Manchester City against Arsenal on the 28th of January, which is a Saturday. So Man City, Arsenal. They haven't played each other in the league yet. They'll play two weeks after that at the Emirates and then they'll play... Where's the fourth FA Cup game, do we know? Uh, City. It's at City, is it? Yeah, and then they'll play in April again in the league. 
So these Man City Arsenal games have the potential to be decisive-ish when it comes to Premier League, depending on how things go. To what extent does that fourth round meeting play into those yeah. future games? I think it's a factor. I think it does matter. We're t- probably talking maybe small percentages here, but yeah, I just think so- psychologically it does. They'll both go full strength? Two weeks out from... Yeah, I think so. It'd lean you toward... Yeah, you'd have to say if you're Pep Guardiola and um, Mikel Arteta, and I, you know, asked and maybe publicly they wouldn't admit it, psychologically for the players, you want to win that game and take that kind of confidence, that momentum into the fourth league, what's better? Some would, sp- some would spin it the other way, wouldn't it? Well, lose that game, it gives you more of a hunger, you know, maybe you come back. But I'm not too sure. I think that's a bit of a weaker one, to be honest with you. I think if you go there, especially Arsenal, if they were to go to the Emirates and turn them over and win you know you can't tell me like that's not going to help them put them in a better place when they go there two weeks after that so yeah I, th- I think it actually matters and it'd be interesting to see how that is reflected in terms of the teams in terms of the quality that they put on the pitch they'll be putting the kids out we yeah. know that but I think I, I think it matters and I think that I'm really looking forward to that actually yeah. you know the way Pep is uh, talked about is more um, sophisticated tactically than your average manager I don't know if you agree with that. Oh, you'd have to break that down, sophisticated. I think that might be a bit of a stretch for me. I understand what you're saying. Accept the premise for a moment. Yeah. Do you think Arteta, by dint of having worked with him, will have a deeper understanding of the thinking that Guardiola has more so than other managers? Do you think that's a big advantage to Arteta? I think he has a deep and understand, but I think you see in terms of how his Arsenal team play, you see almost seen aspects of actually replicating. Yeah, absolutely. The, the full-back things are really... I mean, the full-back thing now is it's actually blowing me away now because I'm looking at that young Rico Luz came in looks a really good player. And I'm looking at really how those... Initially, when we saw this kind of uh, full-backs coming in, yeah. and, uh, Philip Lamb was the first time I saw... Uh, I'd done it at Bayern Munich. Philip Lamb used to do it. I used to think, oh, this is interesting. What's going on here? And then we've seen it more, more at uh, Manchester City. But it was always like they dipped in and dipped out. It was that type of thing. You'd see it and then, you know what I mean, flash and it was gone. Yeah. But uh, this season, I've looked at it more and they, it, he's really committed to it at Manchester City to the point now where I think if you're a fullback in Manchester City, the normal attributes which would apply for a fu- fullback, I don't think you can apply that anymore to, at, at Manchester City because their fullbacks now are spending so much time in possession in that central area of the pitch, you've almost got to have the attributes of a central midfield because that's where you're playing, Joe. You're playing in there, you're receiving the ball, you know, in the central midfield area, plays around you, t- tight little area, you've got to play in that kind of half turn. Mm. It's more of a like technical game. And I'm looking at um, uh, Des Walker, so, uh, <laughs> Walker, uh, the CEO, uh, right back. You're not going to jump in and tell me his first name. Kyle. Uh, Kyle Walker now, and I'm thinking... He's no good. He's no good to you. He's actually no good to you now. No, he's an old school down yeah. the flanks. Speed, his, speed. His qualities are in wide areas, coming onto the ball from deep, with the whole pitch in front of him, using that acceleration, that speed which he has over 34. He's as quick as anybody. There, there's his qualities. There is uh, his strengths. Mm. But now you're saying, well, no, we we we're going to find another position in centre midfield. That's a totally different uh, position. Mm. And I'm looking at that young fella thinking, yeah, he can play in there. Cancelo's the same. Very comfortable operating in those centre midfield areas. So it's almost like, well. You almost redefine them, the role of a fullback, you know. Both Arsenal and City only tend to send in Cancelo or Zinchenko. The right back in both instances doesn't tend to go in as much. Tends to be you, you, you're know, good enough to do it, in you <laughs> oh, go. No, I certainly would have been heading into that. 
area of the pitch for obvious reasons. Such a difficult, it's the hardest position, I think, the hardest position to play because, you know, pressure comes thick and fast, your head's got to be on a swivel, you know, one-two touch, you know, it's, you know, it's 100 Arteta, miles an hour. Arteta has obviously said, having seen it work at City so well and then plucked Zinchenko to do the same thing in Arsenal, Arteta has obviously said there's a lot in this, this really is effective. Yeah, but I'm not buying it. I've got to be honest with you, I'm not buying it because as an opposition team, for me, when you Manchester City are thinking, oof, where the problem is going to be and I think well getting straight say our, say our midfield four if it's a midfield four or three against Manchester where the problem is going to be problem is going to be if you get stretched across the pitch that midfield four they really stretch you and pull you across the pitch and open those spaces on the inside and we know how good City are finding those little pockets those underlapping runs their number eights yeah. so for me the problem as an opposite, opposite manager I'm thinking how are we going to stay compact against this Manchester City team we're not going to get pulled across the width of the pitch where they can play through us into those little spaces so Manchester City at times are actually they're sending their full backs into those central midfield areas and they're, they're actually drawing, drawing you in there mm. they're drawing you into that tight compact shape in midfield which is where actually you want to be mm. and I don't see those little overloads in wide areas full backs are coming into centre midfield positions so they're isolating their wingers in 1v1 situation not getting those little overloads so much in wide areas and I'm thinking do you know what as long as my fullbacks were happy enough to deal with their wingers kind of 1v1 situation, I'm actually quite happy with that, that extra player coming into central midfield. Even though it pushes on, for instance, Xhaka in, in, and you create maybe a yeah, but overloads Xhaka, further Yeah, so you've said it there, so Xhaka, so you're pushing Xhaka into what, a number 10 position really where you're pushing him out. He's more in, he's more like that inside left channel. He's, I, I don't feel left, he's, but he's, he's up not an Odegaard space, I don't yeah, think. Yeah, you're right, but he's, he's higher up the pitch and he's looking down the pitch now. So he's on the half turn a little bit, he's having to play in the tight area. I don't want Granit Xhaka he's not that type of player I want me number 10 operating in those so now I've got a full back operating in the central midfield area granted uh, Cancelo and that Rico look, look quite comfortable in there but Walker certainly doesn't no. look comfortable and Kieran Tierney doesn't look overly comfortable Zinchenko absolutely wants to play in there and I'll tell you another reason why I think Zinchenko wants to play in there because he knows a little bit out of possession if they turn the ball over it's not such a big responsibility on him to get himself quickly back into that left back position yeah. he can kind of disappear he can like Dave McCallum he suddenly becomes the invisible man in that central midfield he doesn't actually have to get back work too hard to get back into that kind of left back position okay. you know so it's a, almost a little bit of a cheat up there when you number. go in there yeah when you lose possession and you're open up and you're open down that side of the pitch as well Joe mm. if you give it away in transition yeah, Newcastle done yeah. Newcastle done uh, done a job on them up at St James Park early in the season drew them on allowed the full backs to come on into those central midfield areas pounced Press, jumped out, won the ball back off him, and Joe went down the side. Had the the legs. It'd be the first ball you look hurt them yeah. down the side. So yeah, you're right. It's an interesting. Jury's one. out on that one. But it just, but it's interesting. Our Ted has obviously looked at it and said, "Yeah, I like that." But um, well, they play on the 28th of January, so that will be interesting. I do want to talk to you about Gareth Bale. We're going to take a very short break. Kenny Cunningham is uh, staying with us back in just one moment. Football on Off The Ball With Sky, the Premier League is back Watch every live game for the rest of the season on Sky Sports, BT Sport and Premier Sports This is News Talk You're very welcome back Kenny Cunningham is still with us Gareth Bale has been discussed uh, for the last day or so since he announced his retirement at the age of 33 An extraordinary career on paper Footballer of the Year twice with Spurs 2011-2013. In 2013 had that move to Madrid for 85 million sterling. He walks away with 17 trophies including <laughs> five Champions Leagues, 
three Spanish leagues, three Club World Cups. He has scored maybe the greatest Champions League final goal of all time. Certainly it's in the conversation. 106 goals in 258 Real Madrid performances. And for Wales, 111 appearances, 41 goals. And so you would think that would be a very straightforward legacy. And for some people it is. People are talking about him as the greatest British footballer that they've ever seen. And yet many of us are saying, oh, that's a career tinged with what, what could have been. It's kind of a nuanced grey area, Garrett Bale's career. So talk to me. Did you say could have been? What could have been? Oh, no, I wouldn't, I wouldn't agree with that. You don't, you think he fulfilled his potential? Oh, I think he, I think he did. That's a bit. Now, if you're, are you factoring in terms of games missed in terms of through injury and stuff like that? Yeah, I injury don't, but that's factor. A and, yeah, but I and, think and, it, and, 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 and you've got to separate that, Joe. I think you've got to, you've got to separate the time out. Uh, injured, fair through, enough. Through but injury, I, but, I, when but I'm was also, fit. I'm also throwing in, um, and, and this, I want to pick the right word because you'll jump down my throat for one thing. But also, to be fair to him, not quite attitude or application, and yet that's the. Yeah, sphere yeah I'm we're going to argue into. that one around in circles, Joe. We're never going to... Un- I understand what you're saying. That's been thrown out there at Adam in terms of his uh, his focus and even, his like, even, total commitment to his profession. Even 20, thing. 2019, when he's, what, barely 30, looking to move to China. I just feel this guy checked out early. Yeah, I know. I, 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 I think that's... I think it's too harsh. I think he's an amazing talent. Oh, I just... Yeah, phenomenal. You forget, don't you? You forget how good he. You forget his time at Tottenham. You know, he's <laughs> such was his impact on, and his success at Real Madrid. The trophies there, the five um, overhead kick that you're talking about. And there might be people out there, football supporters of a younger uh, age who actually can't remember Spurs, that period yes. that he. How long was he at? Uh, two. How long was he at Spurs he before joined, he jumped? Uh, he joined Spurs in '07 for 10 million from Southampton. So '07 to 13, and around the time he uh, ruined Mycon against Inter he just took off and there was a, there had been a couple of good pieces I was reading one on Football 365 about his final season at Spurs and just trying to remind you how good it was so he scored 21 goals in the Premier League 26 in total of his 21 goals in the Premier League that season nine of them were from outside the box which yeah. is a record yeah. and then you know as the no, piece said there were knuckleball free kicks yeah. long range yeah. strikes lung bursting runs followed by cool finishes like it yeah. was I mean it was enough for Real Madrid to pay 85 million no, sterling. He was. You're right. You, people forget how good he was that those last couple of seasons. And you're right, he was doing everything, scoring all sorts of goals. Came into midfield a lot. Yeah, he was, that was yeah. coming into central areas there, winning the pockets, dropping deep, dribbling. Remember a couple of like, amazing dribbles. You're right, shots outside the box and all sorts. That was a, clearly was at his peak. Obviously, he got the move off the back. So that's how, how good he was. And that was obviously now best league in the world. And he was probably probably the best player in the best league in the world for a, for a period of time. So that and that so that goes in his favour clearly now off the back of the jump to even Real Madrid I couldn't even imagine Joe in terms of that step even as well as he played at Tottenham going to a club like Real Madrid their history there the players which they've had the dressing room which he went into difficult you know, dressing room yeah and having the kind of the expectation level there and have almost immediately kind of hitting there. I don't remember those injuries around their head too often those first couple of years no I don't think he was out of the team for too long no. Uh, period so yeah so even then going into that kind of environment and not just holding your own but excelling in that kind of company as well so yeah I, I don't quite buy into I understand where you're coming from and I think it's just the fact that so many 
uh, game. So so much junk for his career was mi- missed uh, uh, through injury, and he can't. That's a hard one. I don't, that's a hard stick to hit when somebody with oh, you. The games you missed through injury. Do you not feel he burned with desire for Wales? And that even him holding up the Wales golf Madrid. Yeah, but that's too easy, flag, Joe. That no, that's too easy, Joe. That, I'd use perform- that. His performances oh. for Wales remained. Oh, good luck to him. Exceptional. Look, that's the way it should be. But for Madrid, no, you, that's the way. It almost, it wasn't sh- there. Yeah, but no, I can't say it wasn't there, Joe. In terms as of, things went on, when, when he asked him, he wasn't there. He wasn't on the pitch. Yeah, he wasn't I, fit. Well. Are you telling me? Yeah, of course there was games you could nitpick towards the end there when he played. He didn't, you know what I mean? And there was a lot of stuff going on behind the background. There's a lot of politics at that kind of football and that, club. And, and sorry, so that's where I say the unfulfilled potential. Maybe the politics distorted things, and he fell out of love with Madrid, or something went awry, and he was looking to get to China. Yeah, I think. So, but, yeah. but but so but that is why I have this sense, and I'm not saying it's because he's a bad pro, but this sense that actually. Maybe a different club, different politics. We could have seen even a whole lot more from this guy. He was that good. Yeah, I think maybe in terms of his maybe attitude application towards the end, there was a lot of stuff going on in the background there. Maybe some agendas against him at the football club, yeah. trying to get him out, etc., etc. So all of that thing was going at the same time. But I mean, your point about like, oh, he really turned up for Wales. Looked as if he was, you know, he was more happy turning up in a Welsh. Well, why wouldn't you be turning up for your country? That's the way. That's the way it should be. Mm. You know what I mean? We don't maybe don't see enough of that in the in the in the modern game you know when you play for your country so you dig a little bit deeper you find something you know you're that inspired in the people around you yeah and what it means and it's always been the case you know it was the case when we played i'm sure it's the case for the lads in, in an ireland jersey now it kind of means that uh, much to them you feel that kind of weight responsibility your country your family the whole shebang we've spoken about it before mm. so you find a little bit extra so that was clearly the case with him uh, with Wales so I admire that to be honest with you I, I had no problem with that and he wore his heart in his sleeve and he wasn't afraid to come out and say it and even the comments uh, some of the comments uh, the interviews which he's done the last couple of days I must admit it was very impressed in terms of how he spoke just generally about people who had helped him etc uh, but in particular how he spoke about his uh, country and his teammates his international teammates and what that kind of meant to him mm. I mean that was really impressive because of the reasons that you're saying, Joe, the level that he played it, the environment he was in at club level, and then he turned up for his country and he had to pull that dressing room together. He was playing with playing with uh, players who were operating Division 1, you know, even Division 2 standard. It didn't matter to him. He didn't they, have an arrogance yeah, about it. Yeah, yeah, it didn't yeah, matter to him. That's a great point, yeah. Yeah, he pulled them all together. They were no different to him. They were all wearing the same jersey. They all got the same uh, respect mm. uh, from him. And you sensed a bit of that as well, that the players could see that in terms of how he carried himself when he was with them and they responded to that and he kind of probably dragged a little bit more uh, with those players it's funny you say that if, if he had more of an arrogant presence and was more liable to do the Ronaldo hands in the air that could have really been corrosive well, in that dressing room yeah I think yeah absolutely this is the point that I'm making I yeah. think he was that positive he was uh, such a driving force in that dressing room in terms of what they achieved quali- in terms of qualification for the major championships which they did European Championships and, and World Cup just a little bit of a shame when he eventually got there to a World Cup World Cup's the pinnacle isn't we all sure. feel as if you know you, you played in a World Cup just when eventually when he got there he just couldn't you know produce the type of performance that he would have wanted you know he'd yeah. done his best he went to America games minutes under his obviously his total focus was on that World Cup but just just couldn't do it, just couldn't, his body just kind of let him down a little bit, he gave very little, he would have given a lot in terms of the dressing room and around the, the players, the hotel and all that type of thing, but on the on the football pitch itself, which is the most important mm. place, just couldn't couldn't tap into that, that form. So tell me this, it's a slightly reductive question, but I just want to get a sense of where you do rate this guy. He is being talked about uh, by various people as the best British player that they've seen. 
Where is Bale in that conversation of British players that you've seen? Yeah, well, you have to... Well, forwards, obviously, we're talking forward attacking players here. So for me, you can never have an argument, oh, who's the best player? So for me, you can't... You, know, you, you can't argue the strengths of a centre-forward and a right-back. No, I hear you. We Who's can't compare player. Kenny so Cunningham with Messi. About, you're both of a level in your respective Exactly. Position. So we're talking about, you're talking about British, those forward. I haven't really given a lot of no, time, I know, to it's be honest. But I can't... I, I factor in the trophies to an extent, but I don't, I'm not one of these, oh, four, five Champions League's got to be him. You know, you, you factor it in. Yeah, absolutely. But that's not the be-end and end-all. Mm. I just think he's up there. I suppose you're talking about the last, what, 10 years, you're talking... You're talking Rooney. I'm thinking last who stepped out again. Rooney at Manchester United, what he achieved. He's got to be up there. I mean, longevity as well would be a factor to to an extent, but again, not huge for me. And obviously, in terms of the games that he played, mm. goals that he scored, probably one and two, Joe was a bit, little bit less. You said, what, over 100 and. Touch less. Yeah, for Real Madrid. But this was a lad who played as a winger, like a deep line, you know, midfield, just off the front, you know what I mean? That type of player as well. And then again, you'd factor in goals of significance, some people. So all of those, I think he's up there, Joe. We can argue around the, sure, around the houses. He is right up there. But I think there. he's there. Yeah. He's absolutely in the conversation. And that's where you have to leave it, I think, with this. You know, I see people fighting, fighting about these things, like the old Messi, Messi, Ronaldo, Maradona, and Pele, for obvious reasons, of late. You know, that, that conversation bubbles to the surface. Yeah. And it's interesting to a point to have, and we all throw it. But at the end of the day, you have to say, listen, lads. They're all great. No, no it's a bit yeah. silly. There's no, silly. there's no right or wrong here. No, we'll move I mean? on. We'll move on. Messi, Pele, or Ronaldo? <laughs> Are you? No, I'm joking. You haven't, you haven't, you haven't even mentioned the man's name. Who? Maradona. Maradona. Sorry, of course. Yeah, How you could didn't you not either. even see that's. See, well, I'm just, I'm away. just, I was picking up what you said. Of course, he's in that conversation. They're the four, are they? Are those four a touch away from the rest? Do you know what? I'm, 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 I'm a little bit reluctant. Ronaldo, just a smidgen. Ronaldo in there, just a smidgen below. A smi it's those three, a smidge, a, a bit of a gap. Ronaldo, a bit more of a gap. Smidgen, smidgen. From Ronaldo to Messi, another little, another little smidgen, and then you, I, I think you probably take your pig Pele and Maradona, and I lean towards Maradona. That's where I am. But that's you know what that is, Joe. That's a Emotional, yeah, that's emotional. I think that's uh, how old you are when you brought you know your first memories and all what player force got into you under your skin and the whole shebang, isn't it? So, those type of things never leave you, do they? So, that kind of drives your argument. Very hard to park that, isn't it? Yeah, very hard for me to say, Well, you're Maradona at 82, 86, what he did with Napoli, following all that, and suddenly say, I'll just park that to the side and give a you know kind of dispassionate opinion on him versus the rest. On that emotional point, uh, the one I reach for, so how close do you have Zidane to these guys? Because for, yeah. for me, Zidane, I just thought, oh, yeah. wow, 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 wow. Like, he's got to be very close to that yeah. group, doesn't he? Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, he is. I think he's not far off, like, in terms of Ronaldo. It's just that people get too caught up in the numbers, Joe, don't they? Now, Zidane's number. But you're talking about, like, an orthodox central midfield, oh, yeah, attacking-minded player. But that's what he was, more of. He was kind of ball player, so he could drop deep and dictate things. Uh, creative. Zidane. Yeah, but he was the first one I saw, the size of him. Like, <laughs> he probably the antithesis to uh, Ronaldo in terms. I'm not sure if you ever spent a, a day in the gym. Uh, Zidane. Zidane. Roy Keane oh. always says that he was so strong. You try and kick him and nudge him. Yeah, but that, but that, he was a lump, wasn't he? He was lumpy, wasn't he? Six one, six two, I'd say. Yeah, but like. And, and why? Not and the strong. most dynamic in terms of movement or anything like that. 
but how he moved with the ball for someone of that size how he moved every, you know almost that kind of uh, ballerina yeah. but was a little bit at odds in terms of when you looked at him it didn't kind of make sense when you <laughs> when you looked at the the shape of him like junior footballer yeah. like a kind of junior footballer big lumpy lad you, you know what I mean he'd big feet and like had that yeah. toes pointing didn't inwards didn't make sense shouldn't have really yeah, canoe, yeah shouldn't have really come together when you looked at him but then you fire a ball any height at him room. Like first touch, touch, perfect. And the yeah, but yeah, but Roy was like that in terms of first touch. So Roy talks himself down technically. Players of Man United wasn't, but Roy's first touch was unbelievable. But I agree with you. But it was. It, but Zidane more but Roy, adaptable. Yeah, Zidane yeah, could take it at any height. Dan, Zidane could dance with the ball. Yeah. Could dance with the ball and drop his shoulder and just manipulate. Roy probably didn't have that no. uh, so much at, uh, at that level, as good as he was. You know what I mean? Zidane had that. That was like absolutely. Mesmerising, but you're right. Actually, you're absolutely right. Good. I'm glad I think you said deserves that. a mention because he doesn't get mentioned. Like the next names that people would go for after the conversation we had would be Cruyff. Yeah. Some people would throw in George Best. I think yeah. Beckenbauer would get a mention, and I think oh, you're absolutely right. I think John Giles would certainly mention Busby, and I feel Zidane is a touch forgotten, and he belongs in that second, third tier. Not sorry, I said Busby, Charlton, Charlton, Bobby, Bobby Charlton. Charlton. Yeah, yeah. And, I, and I think. I think Zidane belongs very much in that conversation. Well, funny enough, last night, it was in my mouth last night. I was, brought this up as a joke, by the way. Hold on. <laughs> so last night, flicking through the channels, I said, Jesus Christ, man, it's not going to be a goggle box again, is it? It must be something else on. Who's your anyway, favourite? Do you prefer the Irish or the English goggle box? Uh, I, I, I drift and, and, and them, to be honest with you. I, if I, I, was, I, don't a, mind. if I, I was producing goggle box now, you'd be the first phone call I'd make. Well, listen, so a switch RTA, Liam Brady documentary, 935. What's on? Exactly. What happened? T- got the, everything organised around. Denzel Washington, the, when I. Uh, da, da, da. Ian's house, let's get everything organised. Get the kettle on, boom, tray brought in, yeah. sitting in Denzel Washington. The Phantom the Equalizer. The Equalizer, too. And not even the best just, one. I was not even the best Equalizer. Yeah. The second one. That was just. I was a bit. Yeah. And. And the reason uh, I was because, again, you're talking about, just funnily enough, all oh, players and boom, uh, Liam. So Liam was one for me. Liam, Liam uh, we all know Liam. We all know what Liam, uh, uh, you know, career. But do we like, because I was one of them. I kind of understood generally where Liam Arsenal and jumped to Italy and all of that. But it was only during the lockdown that like a little bit more, well, hold on, let's have a little, Liam jumped to, you've, oof, that was a good Juventus team he went to. Hold on, oh, they won the league that, he played most he of the took games. The penalty, I think, did he? To win yeah, it? Yeah, I think it was back to back league titles his first two years there. And the only reason he he, he bounced was Platini. because Platini yeah. uh, came in there. He won three Ballon d'Ors and was, you know, yeah. Platini. So you look at someone like Liam from an Irish perspective and think, hold on, this is actually, this mm. is really more impressive than you. We know how good he was, but do we really know how good he was? You were talking about Bale jumping to Spain, different environment, pressure. You could argue the same, like Liam, Liam was only 20, was Liam 24 when he went, he wasn't that old when he went to uh, Juventus. You know, that was a big decision. That was like, right, I'm off, I want to experience something different. Mm. And I'd argue like Juventus at that time, that was a bigger challenge than maybe Bale going to Real Madrid. Liam going there, the player that he was, going to the environment, he went to Italian football at that time in terms of how they played the game over there. But the type of player he was, putting himself into that, with all the challenges you have going in different culture, language, the whole shebang. So yeah, Beckham, Denzel, Washington pops up on the screen no. on the train. No, I'm with you. I was disgusted. I even was so confused, I went back and had a look at RTE plus one to make sure. <laughs> have, I, have, I, have I definitely missed this? Because I feel with Liam Brady, 
I would say most people in my generation and younger have seen about 20 of his goals maybe between Arsenal and one or two Italian ones and some Irish ones but like in terms of watching Liam Brady play a full 90 minutes or, or getting no. a feel for his I don't remember that I don't on the ball or yeah. the things that made Zidane great I've, yeah. no, I've no sense of but I based on the goals he scored I can imagine you kind it of know it yeah, you're, special. you're aware of it yeah but I think once you kind of immerse yourself into it a little bit so I think I think Liam's quite unique in that respect so you're talking the argument who was the best or the, an Ireland team maybe might come up and for obvious reasons we, uh, Johnny, Liam uh, Roy um, would, you have Dennis Ro- or, would you have Dennis Irwin in the top yeah, five? Yeah I would have Dennis for yeah. the reasons that I'm uh, uh, that I'm saying in terms of the, the positional thing but I think what Liam did not to well enough that what Liam did going abroad and the amount of time the impact that he had mm. For me, I think that's a factor. If you were talking about who's the best, and of course, whenever who's the best Irish player of all time, yeah, you know, no right or wrong is there. But I, th- I think you have to factor in what Liam did, that yeah. jump that he made at that time, the impact which he made at those. I think that's a that's a that's an argument for Liam Brady was the greatest Irish player of all time. I think so. Yeah, it's a factor. It you is. You know what I mean? Yeah, certainly his career stacks up against anyone so easily. So you say like Dennis Irwin, right? So I say to people. I <laughs> when I turned up for Ireland, right? So the so fullback. So people thought uh, Robbie for obvious reasons, Damien Roy, ap- absolutely stand, yeah, hands down. But when I went into the Ireland team. I was playing with Gary Kelly. Was already came into the team. Steve Finn. I probably said this before. Steve Finnan kept rolled in uh, after that. Dennis was there at the start when he came in for first couple of games. Gaz, Steve Finnan, Steve Jeff Kenny. Well, Jeff Kenny got about 30, 40 caps. Not too sure. Good player. Could have got another 50. Yeah. Ten, year, 10 years before or after would have got another 50 caps. What a lovely player Jeff was. Couldn't couldn't get into that uh, team. And Stephen Carr came in. Now, Stephen was a little bit unlucky with injuries as well. Yeah. Jordan's career. At his best. Stephen Carr yeah. at his best. Joe, any team in there could have torn Barcelona, Real Madrid, Italy, any of them. It was absolute machine. Was he, was he, a, gym, was he a gym freak or was that natural? No, he, no, he was natural. He'd, was he'd done his work in the gym dynamic, strong, not that low centre, grab the old traditional kind of full-back, aggressive in the tackle, <laughs> mouthy, vocal, miserable, blah, all of that, great. For, getting forward, unbelievable in terms of... Against Holland, he had a stunning game away. Oh, he, had a, he had a few. He had a few, though. but he could get up and down the line. Remember a goal for anyone. Tottenham? Do you remember that goal like 30 Against United? 40? Yeah, <laughs> was that against United, oh, was it? Yeah. He probably didn't score enough. I don't know what... But I'm telling you now, if you broke down Car- there was a time when Carriage was playing uh, for us and I was over the other side of the pitch, he usually played kind of left side. I was looking at him thinking, there's nobody better. This lad's the best like, full-back in the world. He's the best full I've ever, I've almost ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> and I could make the argument about Dennis Gaz, Steve Finnan was like unbelievable. Like, yeah. Oh, he's killed. He was like, te- you know, Terminator. He was like, he really got blood in his veins. Like, he was unbelievable as well. Yeah. So that's what I'm talking about. It's a oh, full-back, best player in the world. What's all that about type thing, you know what I mean? But God, when you list them out there, that era. How did you get a game? When we're talking about never got a game, <laughs> never got a game of full-back. <laughs> I know that, absolutely. I remember playing a game of uh, full-back early on, coming into the team and kind of scratching around. Played me debut at centre-half alongside uh, Paul and Babsy. That's a back three. It was great. You know, good players around wow. you. So it's unbelievable. Yeah, Dennis played that game. was way in whatever. So hang on, the back five was Dennis... You, McGrath, Bab. Babs, yeah. I don't, yeah, I don't know who played the other side. It might have been Jeff, actually. Anyways, yeah, phenomenal. I, I, I was like, pfft, you know, Willy Wonka. It was unbelievable. Because Babsy and, and, 
and Paul had played in the World Cup in they 94 and all that was only a little and Dennis of course was anyway oh, Ray in front I think Andy all the lads were there what's my point I don't even know I've gone off mm. I've, I've gone off gone off point I there I distracted you there oh yeah full back so I started <laughs> I started off centre half so I've ended up getting pushed into like a full back for a, for a game a friendly game it was against Croatia and Mick played me right back or right wing back or something. I don't know what it had been. Probably didn't play too well in my first game. Probably think that's throw him in a full back, see how he goes. And I've been reasonably comfortable there because that's what I was playing at Millwall at the time. I had to learn how to play kind of full back. But Robert Yarny, right, played left back, left wing back for Croatia that day. I don't know if you remember. Don't him, remember right? him. Oh my God. Joe, he's a, he's a good full back, obviously. But that day. Right, I just got a little bit of a taste and in terms of this is what's coming at you. You're going to play fullback in international football. You better get ready for this. And he was a bit like Stephen Carr in terms of physicality, how he moved over the pitch. And once a ball dropped, it didn't drop between us. A ball dropped about, I'd say there was a distance about 15 yards between us in kind of middle area of the pitch. And it kind of bounced out of here. And he knocked it over my shoulder. And he knocked it about 30 yards over me shoulder into the space in behind. Now I had a 15-yard start. <laughs> a 15-yard start in him, John. <laughs> and I wasn't. I turned to run uh, back for that ball. I wasn't thinking I'm in trouble here. I had a 15 yards. It's embarrassing. Like, the ball was only 30 yards behind me. You can do the maths. Yeah. By the time I was about five yards from that, five, six yards from that ball, I knew I was in trouble. He'd made that ground up literally like the wind he moved. And got, I might have barged into I might have like rugby tackled him like uh, to the ground. Like that type is like, oh my God. And I remember getting that sinking feeling thinking, I'm in, tr- I'm in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in trouble here. Thank God Mick pushed me, whatever, pu- pushed me back into the middle and I could protect myself a little bit more on this essentially. Uh, but that was it. That's, that's, so that's what I'm talking about. Kind of full, Stephen Carr, that type of, you know what I mean? This is this is where you were, the environment yeah. you were at. No, but fullbacks, fullbacks so, get, it, get it tough. They do. And to be fair, Dennis... Dennis is in that sneaky territory of underrated, but almost as a consequence, people do make a point to mention him because he's he was so extraordinary. A bit like Paul Scholes for a couple of years. You know, he then became not underrated anymore. <laughs> I think Dennis is thankfully in this country in that bracket. I'm not sure across the Irish Sea if he gets credit. I think if if a Premier League, you know, if you did a bunch I of the match of the day pundits yeah, sitting around right. and they were Stuart picking their... P- Ashley, Ashley Cole... Do me a favour. I know, he's, Ashley Cole's a good player. But Ashley Cole was a good player. Ashley Cole was not as good a player as Dennis Irwin. Hands down, See, no he, way. He, if, I guarantee if the match of the day lads were sitting around, yeah, they're very opponents, they'd have Cole in straight away. This is what I'm talking about. Ashley Cole was not as good as defender as, uh, as Dennis Irwin, even when he was at his best. Ashley Cole had a good period a couple of years. When he very well on Ronaldo in those years. His, he could defend. No, nah, 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 ne- never as good a defender. Dennis was sharp, was brighter could read situations, read players, anticipate things. Positional sense for me was better. For me, Dennis was by, by far the better rounded player. Right. More productive in the last, in terms of assists, goals, Dennis, I don't think that's even close. Do you know what's funny? When, you, Ashley Cole. when they show the old Man United games on TV now, Dennis Irwin is one of the few that still looks like an absolutely modern player. Yeah, He's lean as hell, he's fast, never gives the ball away. Like He has respect for the ball in a way the modern player does yeah. and, and players of his era didn't. Yeah. Just decision making, left, right side. He predominantly played that left side, didn't he? He was right footed then, wasn't he? he was, I Based think on those was, free kicks, he was. I think he was right footed, but he was so comfortable on his left, driving his left crosses into the ball. And you're right, just in terms of decision making, using the ball, mm. you know, always took the right kind of options. That's kind of, that's match intelligence, that's game intelligence. You can't, you can't kind of buy that. And come here, tell me this. So I know you got him towards the end then. 
why was Paul McGrath such a force of nature? What did what was it about him? Yeah, but you. Paul probably didn't have his legs when I when I played with him yeah. at, at the end. But obviously, it didn't matter to me. He was obviously I would have had Paul on a on a on a pedestal. Like, but you know, when Paul had his le- his legs, that kind of people say he never had his le- legs in terms of how he fought injury through his career. Yeah. But when he was kind of at his best in terms of athletically, he was like phenomenal, wasn't he? He was like uh, he was like a, a real Gilla type of player in terms of stand to have kind of uh, centre midfield. Now that technical ability he wasn't kind of a ball playing centre midfield get the ball in the half turn that, that type but he was comfortable facing up the pitch with the ball yeah. at his feet he had that unbelievable athleticism like physicality but like brilliant reader of the game Paul right. so centre half was probably his best position he could see things coming a mile away and, and he, when he had the leg speed as well it was just no getting around him was that? and even when he lost a little bit maybe in his legs still very sharp between uh, sharp between the ears as well so yeah, and calmness, you know, the whole shebang. Yeah, Paul Pat, was Pat, unbelievable. Pat Nevin, who was on regularly here and was a beautiful dribbler, said McGraw was the nightmare. He was the one. Couldn't get by him. <laughs> Could get would fancy himself getting by most. Yeah. McGraw, no. Just couldn't do it. Yeah, we were lucky, aren't we? We have those players. So when people tell you, you're right, match of the day, who was the best? We, the lads don't get a mention, do they? No, they don't. Yeah, why is that? Uh, like, I don't know why it is, because the pe- players we're talking about are up there. Do you want the um, starting 11 from your debut? Mix put it through. This is 24th of April 1996 against the Czech Republic friendly. Oh, Czech Republic, yeah. yeah. In goal, Shea Given. We had... Now, I don't know if this is information. It sort of is. I'll give you the gist. So, Phil Babb, yeah. Kenny Cunningham, Paul McGrath. There's a back three right there. Was it McGrath in the middle, you two either side? I think I think was one side, yeah. Yeah. Dennis Irwin, Jeff Kenna. Jeff, yeah, I got that right, yeah. Ray Houghton, Mark Kennedy, Alan Moore, Andy Townsend. Niall Quinn up top. Yeah, Cass on the bench. Yeah, yeah Alan Ke- uh, Mark Kennedy, Alan Moore, lovely player, left-footed players. Mark Kennedy got a goal at Lansdowne. Early oh, on. Oh, don't know if you remember it. Yugoslavia. I think that sealed the move to Liverpool in a way. <sighs> yeah. Winning goal, mm. left foot about 35 yards. That place went up, Joe. You, you know... Talk about lands those nights at Lansdowne Road. That one I remember, that goal, the kind of whoosh, the noise that went up. Mm. It's great. Lovely player, Mark. Curtis Fleming came on for Dennis Irwin. Uh, Liam Daesh came on for Phil Babb. So oh. you obviously, it was, Mick obviously said, <laughs> I'm seeing something there with McGrath and uh, <laughs> I need Cunningham. I to see a bit more from this, Cunningham. <laughs> I haven't seen enough. <laughs> I haven't seen enough. <laughs> And he, he didn't see it. Obviously, if he, if he threw me a right, uh, right back for the next game against Croatia, he was thinking, oh, i got to find a place <laughs> for this fella to play. Did yeah, you but that was great. That was great. I spoke about it. I must have spoken about it before. I'm then, sure you uh, Yeah, and that trip was brilliant. Even afterwards, we went out. Was that away from home? Yeah, it was away from home. We had a night out. We were out that night. We were all together. Did you ever drink? No. No, no, never drunk, but it didn't matter. No, we were no, all out. We were all having all having a drinks. Most people drinking. Some some people might have been the only one not drinking that night. To be fair, <laughs> that might have changed. Uh, that so, might have changed someone, later on. But I can't remember who said it. Someone said it to me. See, it's such a silly thing to focus on alcohol. Who cares? But someone did say to me that you were one of the few people that he ever came across that genuinely didn't need a drink to be in the thick of it on a night out and have fun. 
Uh, yeah, I hope not. Yeah, but, but yeah, it is well, hard for. I mean, if you're stone cold sober, out with a I don't know. Team. I don't think I'd be. No. I don't think I'd be unique in that respect. As the game kind of changed a bit, there was lads maybe didn't drink so much. We're all the same. We're all part time. We all loved being in each other's company. But that night was special. That was new for a lot of us there. Mark uh, Alamore, Cortes. That would have been new for a, a lot of us. Shay wouldn't have been in the goals for too long. So yeah. being all out together, and I remember like Ray and Andy. You know, mate, it wasn't a case we were all out and the lads, Paul, uh, Ray, and Andy were a little clique and. Okay. Noel over one side of the bar and all the young lads were kind of you know running around fucking playing marbles in the corner the other side of the bar that's how we were all together and they made a big effort to kind of incorporate us all and I noticed it you know what I mean yes. I, I did recognise that well hold on I can see what they're doing here and it was great you know what I mean the lads kind of loved and pulled everybody together and you remember that type funny Roy spoke about it, didn't he good pros in the dressing room yeah. and stuff like that and he was right so that was the first time I saw it in an Ireland jersey do you think that dictated how you then treated yeah I think so it players. sticks with you yeah. it resonates because you remember that feeling wow that, that really mattered that made a big impression I really appreciate it that made an impact on me so you do I think as time rolls on yeah that kind of stays with you and you kind of yeah you hope you kind of play that role yourself further down the line yeah I think that is important we're out of time that all came from a joke, Messi, Ronaldo or Pele. You know what you're doing, Joe. That was Nothing a joke. happens by coincidence with no, you. No, 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 I, I picked up on you. I picked up on you and you said it and then that was Gareth Bale and here we are. So we're not talking about Graham Potter. <laughs> 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 Thank God, says everyone. Uh, the football show is brought to you by Sky. Watch every live Premier League game this season. Sky Sports, BT Sport and Premier Sports. Kenny, pleasure. Thank you. Yeah, enjoy that. Nice one, Joe. Football on Off The Ball With Sky Watch Premier League, Women's Super League EFL, Scottish Premiership and much more Live on Sky Sports